Today is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. No deal. A major strike could be on the way after the rail union rejects a deal. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Joining me to get through the news of the cray, CBN's Billy Hallowell and Trey Gones Phillips. What's going on, guys? It's Mini Monday. I'm, I'm How you doing? living the dream. There living the dream, 12 coffees in. <laughs> I mean, it 12? almost sounded, Billy, like you're trying to convince yourself that you're living the dream. But it is well, Thanksgiving week, yeah. so you know, we're going to eat good is. food at the end of the week. No, I'm three coffees in, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it does sound like you're trying to talk yourself into it, though. Like, I'm living the dream. There's really not a gun well, to my head, I swear. I just, I want Christmas to start. I mean, I love Thanksgiving, but, you know, Christmas oh, is Christmas has already started. I'm it surrounded. Surrounded yeah. on all sides. I'm even wearing a Santa shirt today. It's That's, too bad that this is a podcast so no one can see it. But it's too soon. Dad, Dad, why are you, why are you Krampus? Why? Why are you Krampus? <laughs> it's too soon. It's too soon. We don't, I mean, why do we turn it off then ever? If it's, it's going to be January 1st. That's a good question. Too soon. <laughs> yeah. It should never be turned off. The Christmas see? should go forever. It's a slippery slope. We got to watch out for it. The slippery slope is real. All right. Well, we got a, we got a lot coming up on the podcast today, aside from kicking off Christmas two months too early. Um, on the main thing, a New York church is challenging a state law, precluding the presence of firearms in the pews. Billy's going to have the details on that one. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And although the Russians destroyed the city's infrastructure, locals in Kherson, Ukraine, cheered CBN's Chuck Holton and his crew as they entered the city. Even with no heat, electricity, running water, people there are celebrating because they finally have the one thing that matters most, and that's freedom. One of the residents told CBN what conditions have been like and the miracles they've seen. <laughs> Lord helped us. <laughs> Only him. His hand was upon us. Only with God. Because it was impossible psychologically to withstand all this without God. Because so much pressure. He's merciful. He's a good God. <laughs> he was with us where we were. He was with us. We saw so many miracles. Amazing stuff. And you can see that full report report uh, in the link in our podcast description to this episode and over at cbnnews.com. Workers at the largest U.S. rail union voted against a tentative contract deal that was reached in September. That means we could see a year-end strike that could cause a lot of problems for the economy in the form of stranding vital shipments, food, fuel, all that stuff delayed and prices going up. And stable, steady growth. Keep an eye out for that talking point. That's what the Biden administration is latching on to to try to uh, spin the current state of the economy. You can check out those top stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Guys, a lot going on. And, um, you know, this rail union, I mean, this is the last thing we need at this point is more delays and things that will make America look more like the Soviet Union circa 1985. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, it's not that bad yet, but I mean, like there are things you're like empty shelves, things like that. We're just not used to seeing. Yeah. And not just empty shelves. I mean, this is something we were talking about last week, healthcare, you know, for, you know, just trying to get on the phone with yeah. doctors, I mean, medical offices, stores. I mean, it's really, it's something the COVID effect has really hit a lot of different facets of life. Yeah. I mean, and even if, 
even if the shelves were full, inflation has made it where it's not even affordable to buy what's on yeah. the shelves. We had this story on CBN and on Faithwire at uh, the end of last week saying that one in four Americans is skipping Thanksgiving this year, not because they're opposed <laughs> to it, but because they can't afford to put food on the table That's crazy. for a Thanksgiving meal. That's crazy. I mean, Insane. yeah. Well, because when you think about it, you're ha- trying to have people over. You want to have a big, it costs a lot. You know, right. and, and I know people will divvy stuff up and bring stuff, but still, obviously, the pain must be real. I mean, because it's not just people look at it and say, well, it's $40 and it's gone up to $60 or whatever the average is. But it's it's in addition to everything else. You're also having exactly, to pay more yeah. on your gas price, mm-hmm. on your regular grocery bills, on just cost of living or anything else you buy. The price has gone up. So it all adds up. And then you throw this in and it's like, oh, it's just a it's just a stomach punch. And then also, last thing, guys, the the administration's spin on this new slow and steady, or stable and steady growth. This is uh, what is being reported is sort of what the administration is latching onto as a talking point, as they're tra- even as these economic indicators are not showing that things are going to improve before they get better. It's going to get worse before it gets better, but this is the way they're choosing to uh, to kind of navigate it. Yeah, you know, I I think it's important for us to really think through prayer, right? And the fact that we need to rely on God because there's so much uncertainty in in the headlines. And we talk a lot about it on the show, right? Um, But this idea that, you know, when these things hit, when we're looking at a future, maybe whether it's weeks or months away where things are going to be uncertain, that we are relying on, on God to get through that instead of panicking. Yeah. Yeah, well, because you can't you can't bank on any sort of material certainty right now, right? Because, like we said, even if everything was available to us, uh, th- whether we would be able to afford it or not is is up for grabs. And then also, I think the thing that can be so disconcerting in all of this is we have politicians and so many in the media who will gaslight us into thinking that none of these things are actually an issue. Uh, so you can't really go there for any solace. And I think it's just a great reminder, like you said, Billy, because we can't go there. Maybe it'll push us more to rely on the Lord, which is where our attention should be from the beginning anyway. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. All right. Well, let's head into our next story here. And uh, Trey, I know you're going to be triggered in this one. This is, I, I apologize <laughs> in advance for, uh, for, I guess, essentially signing it. Right. Um, but it is, I, I'm always fascinated by the things that unbelievers and people in the mainstream, how they view Christianity and sort of the the way they try to turn Christianity back around on Christians. Well, Sunny Hostin, she was raising eyebrows with some of her comments about Christianity on The View. So what did she say? Well, I should start first by saying that Sonny Hostin is a good Catholic like Joe Biden is a good Catholic. Yeah, so yeah. she... <laughs> Not an unbeliever. So I mean, she, she wouldn't be technically an unbeliever, at least according to her yes. own description. Yeah. Right, exactly. So I believe we have the clip, but I'll go ahead and say that the quote that, that got the attention that yeah. the, that's raising eyebrows all over social media, she said that in her view, uh, Jesus would not only attend a pride parade, but he would be the grand marshal uh, of a pride parade. So here's the clip gets me is they the reason gay people have always had queer people have had stigma they always have faced it themselves personally in their own lives out in the greater world it's increasing as time goes on 
they were in a safe place when this happened. They were in a place that accepts them for who they were, and someone came to that place. And that's and what's so sad. And part- I don't know that they hide behind religion, because they- I said this on this show once before. Jesus would be the grand marshal at the pride parade. I don't mean I about really, gay really people. I mean that. in every argument we have. But here's your weaponized religion. Here's my question. They went on to argue there. but Yeah, they went on to argue, and then uh, Whoopi got in, and she she had her thing to say, that it's all, we need to just love one another and be kind to one all this kind of stuff. Everybody's in God's image and clearly twisting, just like Sonny did, right? What what scripture says uh, about these issues. So uh, the comment was actually in response to a, a shooting at a, a nightclub, a gay nightclub in Colorado, which is tragic. There were four people who were killed, 25 injured, and they were just riffing off on that. Has she sort of weighed in on this before? Has she kind of made similar comments? In the past, yeah. So she, yeah, she's talked about this, and she mentioned that that she had talked about it before. Uh, she's actually made almost the exact same comment before in 2019. Uh, she went after a Catholic bishop again. Sonny's a, a good Catholic. We put that in air quotes. Uh, the this bishop advised other Catholics to stay away from celebrating pride events, and they talked about what Scripture has to say uh, about homosexuality. Referencing Romans, of course, is a, is a passage uh, that talks about how you know practicing homosexuality is denying. What scripture says disobeying the lord there are several other other passages but anyway this bishop made those comments sunny didn't like it so at the time she said on the show i tweeted out that my catholic children will be attending pride events as this catholic will and you uh, and you know my faith always taught me what would jesus do and i know jesus would be attending a pride parade uh, so she's been making this baseless claim now for several years yeah, it really, it really is something. And, you know, Whoopi went on to talk about, hey, we're all made in God's image. And they were kind of chastising Christians for hiding behind religion. And I'm not really sure how Christians, I, I don't, I have not looked into the background and gone and looked at the tweets of the person who committed this atrocity. Um, but it seems like they always want to pin it on religion. And, you know, when they say like, oh, well, we're all made in God's image. So take that one and think about it for a while. And, and I think as Christians, we do know that. And we do look on other people with concern. I mean, that's precisely why, you know, we would, a lot of us, talk to someone in the LGBT community and tell them God's word because we care about them. If we didn't care about them, we would just let them keep walking towards the cliff without saying anything. So, um, So it's frustrating to hear those Christian views sort of misrepresented. Well, I think a big thing there is the fact that we've, we've morphed and kind of perverted the word love, right? Because to love, like if you have kids, uh, you see your kid doing something that's going to end up in them being hurt. What do you do? You don't tell them, well, go ahead and do it because I know they're going to be upset at me when I tell them to stop. You go over there and you stop them because, you know, it's going to hurt them. And then you explain to them why they shouldn't do what they're going to do because it's going to cause them bodily, physical, emotional, whatever harm. Uh, That's what love is, right? Uh, But our love now is just do whatever you want to do and I'm going to accept you and I'm going to celebrate you as you leap off the cliff uh, into into deep waters uh, because that's what you want to do. That's not love. No. And um, and I'll just say real quick, Billy, before you hop in, but the, you know, it would be nice if that approach was viewed as loving, even if they disagree, right? Even if they don't agree with the final outcome in that we think that, you know, man and a woman in marriage, that's the biblical model. Even if they disagree with that, can you not understand the heart behind that, we're not, it's not a heart of hate. It's a heart of love that's coming to try to show you what God's design is for life. That's the frustrating part to me. 
Yeah, I mean, it's almost like an egg slowly hatching. And what I'm referring to there is bias and like the impact of bias, because for years they would do these things under the radar, right? They would create news reports or include only certain people from one side of these issues. And now these conversations are openly happening, right? That nobody else is invited in and it's just denigrating people. And it's actually a real disservice to everybody, regardless of where you stand on these issues because of what you guys just said. But also, how can you have any sort of understanding of what the truth is or even what you believe, again, even if you disagree, without hearing a fair assessment of what yeah. people, Christians, believe on this issue? So I, it's unfortunate, but I think we're going to see the media do more of this as, as time goes on and be even probably even more caustic. Yeah, and I think just it's another reminder to be ready to have – an explanation as the scripture teaches us to have an explanation for the hope we have in us. And can we relay that in a way um, that is truthful, but um, effective as well. And that's something I think we all need to be praying about on tough issues because you're going to be, you're going to be cornered on them at some point. It's just a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. So, all right, great. Trey, thanks for bringing that story. And we're going to head on into the main thing here and a New York church they're challenging a state law that precludes the presence of firearms in the pews. Well, Billy Hallowell has more on this story on today's Main Thing. A pastor is suing New York State over a law prohibiting firearms at houses of worship. Michael Spencer, pastor of his Tabernacle Family Church, is going head-to-head -head with the state over a law he says is unconstitutional. He'll join us today with Jordan Pratt, senior counsel of First Liberty Institute, to talk about the debate the law, and what he's hoping to accomplish through his lawsuit. Pastor Michael Spencer, you are engaged in a very interesting lawsuit and challenge to a recent law in New York State that curtails guns and, um, in particular, gun concealment. Can you take us a little bit through this uh, lawsuit? Sure. What we found out was um, the law that was actually act. Um, activated on September 1 was that our security ministry was no longer, and anybody else was not a, no longer allowed to carry weapons in church. And um, that's a big part of, strangely enough, sadly enough, of church world today is the necessity to make sure that the body of Christ is protected. Yeah. Now, now, Jordan, I'm actually going to throw a question to you on this because it is interesting looking at this. You know, it seems like there are different tiers. You know, some places there aren't restrictions on guns. Other places there are these sensitive locations, churches being one of those places. Can you help us differentiate and understand what's driving some of that in the law? Sure. Um, so one of the things that I think that is really interesting, unique, and frankly, legally problematic about New York's uh, ban on carrying houses of worship is that it targets houses of worship, but mm -hmm. then at the same time allows a comparable, you know, secular business to decide for itself whether, whether to allow armed self-defense. So <laughs> under New York's law, if his tabernacle church were to, you know, disavow its faith and say, you know what, just kidding, um, we're going to keep the same building, uh, we're going to keep the same leadership, same staff, we're going to have corporate singing and a coffee hour and a motivational talk. As long as it's not talking about religion or engaging in worship, under New York law, it can authorize concealed carry on its premises. And that, I think, is what's uniquely problematic about this law. It's not just that we have a Second Amendment problem. Right. And, you know, the, the federal courts in New York have already agreed that it violates the Second Amendment. But even more fundamentally, what we have 
is a forced choice between First and Second Amendment rights. Yeah. Right? If you mm. wish to exercise your Second Amendment rights, then you cannot engage in worship. And that is deeply offensive uh, to the First Amendment's guarantees of religious freedom. That's really, really fascinating to see that sort of difference being enshrined in the law. Now, now, Pastor, you know, I want to I want to ask you this question and feel free to share as much as you can or you want to. But a lot of churches, we've seen a number of churches have been attacked. There have been gunmen. Yeah. We saw this in South Carolina. We've seen this in Texas where people are have not been safe inside of churches. Have there been events or happenings? And if so, what are they that have made you feel as though having that sort of security, the ability to have a concealed handgun uh, would be something you'd want to do to make sure your church is safe? Have you had things happen to make you feel that way? Absolutely. I mean, one of the challenges that we have is that we're on television. Now, if you're a church that's not on television, then you're not widely open to the community. Um, also, we're, a lar- we're the largest church in the county. And so because of the status that we have in size and because we're on television, on ABC, NBC, and CBS locally, we are very well known. So sadly enough, that means when somebody has, uh, whether it be an, uh, a, a psychological issue or a God-hating issue, we're probably the first ones that are going to come after. And we have had issues. Um, uh, my belated wife and I had an individual a few years ago, actually, I think it was a year and a half ago now, actually uh, sent a message and said, uh, I'm going to shoot you in the head with a 45. Uh, wow. We're going to clean the community up. Uh, and then another man we had uh, literally threatening my wife and I. And, and then uh, in church, we actually had a security team with uh, near him. He didn't even know. But uh, he was, I'm going to beat him up. I'm going to poison him. And just a bunch of crazy stuff to where it is just, that's just me. But we have 100 to 160 children every single week at this church. And, you know, why in the world would we want to compromise the opportunity and ability without brandishing anything to be able to protect the body of Christ against whether they be lunatics, whether they be demon-possessed, whether they just be individuals that are God-haters. We, we should have the, the privilege and the right, and I believe we have the privilege and the right, to protect ourselves in the house of God. I don't like the fact that we have to, but the fact is, in today's world, we have to, and it's proven multiple times a year in America. So um, it was quite... Uh, quite overwhelming when we first had this brought to us and that September 1 was the date. And we're, we're, we're not foolish. And so we make sure that our, our teams are, are trained and, and uh, really understand what they're doing. It is not just a bunch of thugs running around the church. Well, I, you know, I so appreciate you both coming to, to break it down. Pastor, last question to you. What are you hoping to see? And I think I know, but what are you hoping to see happen at the end of this legal battle? I want to get back to the ability to protect the body of Christ without having ramifications from our governmental officials who personally have never walked into our building. You know, um, uh, the governor has never visited this church. She has no clue who we are, what we do, or how we do, yet the imposition was extreme. And so um, I want to get back to the ability to make sure that the children are protected, that if somebody does something foolish, that the body of Christ is protected, 
and that we have our constitutional rights established and, and not broken down by... Uh, it is quite confusing to me on how the government is trying to slowly erode our rights as American citizens. And I'm excited as we have been able to couple with this tremendous legal team to be able to make sure that not only the First Amendment uh, that, that this law has attacked, but also the Second Amendment is going to be protected because we have the right as American citizens to be strong and to be protecting ourselves and those that we love. And I love this, these people. I mean, from babies, I think we had 23 babies born this fall. Uh, I'm excited about the babies. What a horrible event if uh, after she made her declaration and uh, imposed that law in September, if somebody had come in, would she have taken responsibility for that? No, she would not have. Uh, it would have been, boy, that was an evil person. Yeah, but it's an e as, e as evil not to allow us to protect our rights and ourselves. And that's my job as the pastor, not only in the spiritual realm, but we also live in a real physical realm. All right, Billy, thanks for that story there. Definitely uh, interesting, interesting stuff. And more and more, I mean, we've got to look at... Um, pay attention to these laws and these things that are affecting churches because... Uh, you can't assume that people care about the Constitution anymore. Like, that's just not a safe assumption to make. So be on your guard. Be defensive for all this because you just don't know which right is going to get try to get yanked out from underneath your neck. So appreciate that story. And that leaves us with time for uh, one last thing. And we're going to we've been going through Bible verses here, but uh, want to look at this story because it's a great example of a young person being pretty selfless. Yeah, it's a tough story. It's Bianca Palomero. She's 19 years old out in California. She's a fast food worker, and she stepped in uh, because she saw a man uh, allegedly really being verbally abusive to another individual who had special needs. So she's in the restaurant. She steps up. She tells the guy, you know, what you're doing is wrong. Leave him alone because she was fearful. And the guy actually attacked her uh, physically. Mm. And it's really a tragic story. She's actually going to lose her right eye um, as a result of this. So a very serious injury she sustained. But afterwards said, you know, I don't fully regret this because it could have been much worse mm. for that other man That's with special a, needs. So just a really selfless moment. That, that is. because, And I think we don't, you know, usually when you see these stories of someone stepping in, it, it has ended well. And, you know, you think, oh, that was nice of them and people would step in. But you really do run a risk of physical harm because you don't know how violent the person's going to be. You just have no idea. You know, I think so we were talking earlier about uh, being made in the image of God as a comment yeah. that would be made and pulled it out of context. Look, I think this is actually an example of the uh, of the fact that we are made in the image of God, because whether you're a believer or not, I think the good things we do uh, on our own, we're unable to do good things. We have right. you know bad motives and selfish motives. But doing selfless things, I think, is just evidence that the Lord created us in his image and that we are capable of good, but we're capable of good because of him. Right. Right. And, you know, taking it out of context like that, it's it's very frustrating because this is the kind of thing, yes, that we value life because people are made in his image. But that doesn't mean we have to accept every single lifestyle that's out there. That is not exactly. what made in his image means. Uh, you know, um, it's a it's a it's a frustrating misrepresentation. But nevertheless, uh, glad to see somebody here acting selflessly, putting someone else before themselves. And that is 
ultimately kind of what you were saying, Trey, that's what Christ did for us. And therefore we should be doing for others where we can. So, all right, that's all the time we have for this episode of the podcast. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithware.com for more news from a Christian perspective, Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We will be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. We'll see you then.